Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-ray may be for? Aaron Coscarelli. How dare you? She's a nice lady! And Scott Seidenberg. The Sportos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. Welcome into a championship week edition of The Sharp Edge. Yes, college football championship games kick off this weekend. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined as always by legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. Aaron Coscarelli is out sick this week. We hope that she feels better. Uh, let me remind you guys to rate, review, and especially subscribe to The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from because you want to make sure that you got the latest episodes downloaded directly to your device and get all of our picks and our analysis as you get ready for the weekend's action. As I said, we got college football championship games and then, of course, a full slate of NFL action on Sunday, week 14. As I mentioned, Brandon, Aaron, our third uh, host here, is out sick this week. Uh, I think she said she ate, ate some bad lobster bisque. Now, I don't eat lobster bisque. I mean, you probably eat lobster the way you've been winning lately, but uh, not me. So we wish her nothing but the best. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a lobster bisque guy, and I've never had really bad lobster bisque. The only time I ever got food poisoning was from Kentucky Fried Chicken in Culver City, California, by the apartment I lived in. And I've uh, been to that one. Fun. Yeah, it's uh, right there. It's got a little junior liquor mart right across the street. I've been there. I lived, I lived in so, lived in Culver for two years. I know it well. Dude, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. So yeah. So uh, well, hope she feels better, and uh, we'll pick it up. Uh, we'll pick her up uh, next week. Yeah, she'll be back with us next week. Uh, we got championship action in college football. We got the Sunday and Monday NFL Week 14 slate. But there's been a lot of college basketball and NBA going on. Have you uh, been dipping your toes in, in all that action? Yeah, I had a great winner on Tuesday night with Arkansas State plus two and a half over Nebraska Omaha. And I had a great loser on Wednesday with Virginia plus two and a half over Purdue. So um, from the penthouse to the outhouse pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> for anybody handicapping the Virginia Cavaliers, if they play a team that has a big man that neutralizes their their big dude, uh, can't pronounce his name, if you can negate him, they're done offensively. They got nothing, and so that's that's something to keep an eye on. If they play a team that's got no bigs, they'll dominate. But if they, you know, they they if they play someone who can who can take him out of the game, they're going to struggle as they as they did against Purdue. Big win for for Matt Painter. But so underdog outright on Tuesday, underdog blown out by 150 on Wednesday, and then uh, tonight I have Dallas minus the minus the two and a half. Does not look uh, miss field goal. Uh, Probably had a touchdown if the, the running back on the swing round on third and three. Um, and their defense can't stop Chicago. Um, so I don't know if Chicago scored right before the end of the half. They had third and goal from the 11. They did. Um, they scored a touchdown. They did. So now it's 17-7. Correct. Wow. Wow. Yep. So that uh, so that'll that'll set off the podcast off on a good note. Don't feel too good about <laughs> Dallas in the second half. So all right. Well, there we go. So now we're uh, – now we're on well, I'm play- Friday, and it was Saturday, Al- and it was Allen Robinson who scored his second touchdown, and I'm playing against him in my fantasy quarterfinals. So, not happy about uh, 
Allen Robinson catching both of those touchdowns. And the big man is Yudoka Azabuki from yeah. Virginia. Azabuki. Well, at least I'm honest, coming on a podcast, talking about the fact that I've, I've lost the last two nights. So, uh, so there well, we go. Well, let's, let's give you a winner on Friday. And how about we start with championship week in college football because I am all over the Utah Utes, Brandon. I have done a lot of college football work this year, and Utah, to me, is actually the fourth best team in college football. That's how I have them graded. I watched this team on like a lot of people on the East Coast, and I think that that's the problem when it comes to analyzing a team like Utah is that a lot of people on the East Coast just don't watch them. They, they don't watch the Pac-12 late at night. Utah's defense is right up there with defenses that can play in the SEC. They have an NFL back in Zach Moss. Their quarterback in Huntley makes plays. I think this is a game in which they will roll over Oregon by double digits. I think six and a half is laughable. I think this is the easiest game of the championship slate to me. Utah rolls over Oregon and gets themselves into the college football playoff. Book it, my friend. You know, I I agree. I agree. Um, For me, this is an Oregon team that has nothing to play for. Um, If Utah wins, they're in the Final Four, and Oregon still goes to the Rose Bowl. If Oregon wins, they're still going to the Rose Bowl. So what do you want to do? You want to say, hey, we won the Pac-12 championship game and we're going to the Rose Bowl. Well, you're going to the Rose Bowl anyway. Um, I don't trust their quarterback, Herbert, at all against a good defense. Um, He didn't look good against Arizona State for for some big key stretches. Um, and, And I just think that motivation plays a huge role in these games, you can say all the right things. You can you can you can say all the right things in the press if you're Oregon, but at the end of the day, I agree with you. Utah minus the points, double digit winner. How about this Baylor Oklahoma game? Uh, the early one on Saturday. The last time these two teams played, it was in Waco. Baylor covered as a ten and a half point underdog. They were up twenty eight to three, and they lost the game outright, but still covered the line. Now neutral site. In Arlington, Oklahoma is a nine-point favorite as opposed to the last time these two teams played, as I mentioned, in Waco when they were a ten-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, I came with 159 play on Baylor plus the points. And yep, got you and I were all over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then this game here, I'll root for Baylor. I'll, I'll root for Baylor. Um, but that's not going to be the play I put on the website. I, 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 I made my money with that first meeting. Uh, Lamb will be in the lineup for Oklahoma. That 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 makes a huge difference for them. They couldn't stop Jalen Hurst in the second half. I'm interested just to watch that game as a fan and root for Baylor because I think Oklahoma does not deserve to be in the Final Four when you give up close to 50 points to Kansas State uh, and lose to Kansas State. I'm sorry. Um, and then you got to come back from 28-3 down to beat Baylor. You don't deserve to be in the Final Four. I'm sorry. Simple I agree. So, um, so I, I'll pull for Baylor just to make the committee's job easier and not create any drama that Oklahoma lobbies to, to crack the final four. Uh, this next game is a rematch of a game we saw last week. Memphis and Cincinnati played in Memphis last week. Memphis won. They didn't cover. They won by 10. They were an 11 and a half point favorite. They now host this game, this championship game, Memphis trying to get, and I think Cincinnati as well. Let's just say this. The winner of this game is going to be the highest ranked group of five champion. They will get to a New Year's Six Bowl game. So that's what's on the line here. 
Memphis is now a nine and a half point favorite as opposed to last week when they were an 11 and a half point favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to lay it. Um, my feeling is Memphis could have blew them out, had some opportunities to blow them out. There was a critical fumble that they almost they almost got to put them up three scores. They did since they broke off a big play and, and, and hung around the number. Um, for me, when you have a rematch this quickly, I just I just think Memphis is the right side of the game. Um, this is a, a Cincinnati team that in their last uh, eight games overall, they've been outstatted in seven yes. of those eight yep. games. So yep. I get it. I, I get you're here. Uh, they're 3-13 and 13 against the number when seeking revenge within their conference. So uh, I agree with you, Memphis, by double digits. All right, uh, Georgia LSU. The line is low. I think the LSU wins. I'm not sure about the cover. Uh, I am just confident in LSU winning because they're the better team. They really are the better football team. Uh, I, I love this LSU team. In fact, one of my plays for this weekend is the two team teaser in college. I know teasers in college aren't really that good, but I'm taking Utah and LSU and teasing them both down to a pick'em because I think both of these teams win. But can LSU cover the six and a half in this game? Yeah, this is interesting to me. I think if you if you were to be in a public restaurant, Kirby Smart walks into the bathroom, and you walk in the bathroom after him, and he's washing his hands in the sink, and you walk up the sink next to him, and you wash your hands, and you lock the bathroom door, and you look at Kirby and say, hey, Kirby, it's just me and you, bud. It's just me and you. And in places you don't talk about at parties, I have one question right now. If you had to do it all over again, you take Jake, Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. I don't think there's without question. Kirby says, ah, I'd probably, I'd probably go with Justin Fields. Jake mm-hmm. Fromm's a good kid. Jake Fromm's a hell of a quarterback, but he's not Justin Fields. And I know he's been working with limited receiver core. I think his one and two top receivers are out in this game. And, and I just don't know. I know Georgia's defense is good. Georgia hasn't played anybody. My lean is towards is toward LSU plus the point, uh, LSU minus the points. Um, I will force Jake from to outplay the guy that's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy, Joe Burrow. I just don't think Georgia this entire year has seen a team with the offensive weapons that LSU has. I don't. I, I Auburn's okay, but they're not LSU. They're not what LSU has done to people all year. Um, I don't. I mean, this is. This is, you know, a Texas A&M team that had been playing well. They put up 50 points and 533 yards on Jimbo Fisher and the boys. Um, I'm going to lay the number with, with LSU. I like your teaser, too, though, by the way, LSU yep. and, and Utah teaser. Good teaser Thank you. there. I, I put it in on I put it in on Monday. That's, that's how confident I was. There was no – I didn't have to read anything further. I saw the lines. I put the bet in on Monday. Um, this one's a high line, and I know conventional wisdom will tell you to take this many points in a championship game. That being said, I, I don't think I'm ever confident going up against Clemson. It's a 28-and-a-half-point line, which is pretty much unheard of. The number 23 next to Virginia is just for window dressing. They're not the 23rd best team in the country, and they don't deserve to be in the top 25. Uh, is this a Clemson 30-plus point win? I don't know. Uh, I'm inclined to take the points here. I just I just think tells it's, me. you always have to take the points when it's when it's that many, right? You're getting, you're getting over four touchdowns in a championship game. And this is a um, defending champs are 0-5 against the spread in conference title games when facing a team coming off consecutive wins. Um, in addition to that, 
um, teams in title games who allowed three or fewer points in their last game, two and 13 against the spread when facing an opponent coming off a straight up and against the spread win. Uh, Virginia, uh, do well in dog, uh, priced as an underdog of 14 or more points, eight, one and one against the number. And uh, if it's versus an undefeated foe, five and zero against the spread is a double digit dog against undefeated foes. I'll take the 28 and a half, 29 all day long call for Virginia to sneak in through the back door. That's a pretty safe play. Maybe even tease that up, get it to like what? 34, 35, get it to the five touchdown range. Uh, That's could be an interesting way to go about that. All right, let's get to the big 10 title game. Brandon, Ohio state, Wisconsin. When last time these two teams played, the Buckeyes were a 14 and a half point favorite at home in the horseshoe. They won 38 to seven. Now it's a neutral site in Indianapolis, and they're 16-and-a-half-point favorites over Wisconsin. They got no shot of winning, bro. They got no shot of winning. Wisconsin's got no shot in this game whatsoever. I had a 150-dime winner on Ohio State in a monsoon rainstorm in that 38-7 game. The touchdown that Wisconsin got was off a block punt working on a short field. Um, I'm sorry. This is this is going to be another burial on a fast track. Um they they will take uh, they will take Wisconsin out of everything they want to do offensively. I just don't, Paul Christ, I don't believe in this Wisconsin team. Zero and three against the spread as dogs playing with Big Ten revenge. Um, the Buckeyes have been a cash cow all year long, and uh, I will I will back them again here. Let me give one more uh, college uh, conference championship game out there. Uh, Boise State fourteen point home favorites against Hawaii getting the kids coming out of the sun and into the snow at Albertson Stadium in Boise. Brandon, who are you liking here? Langer the Banger, podcast stat of the year. The Hawaii Warriors, in their last 22 conference losses, are 0-22 against the spread, bro. So if they They lose the game, they don't cover the spread. Nope, they're 0-22 against the spread. Their last and they're not winning this game. And they're not winning, not winning this game. game. So not that means they're not covering. Nope. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Wow. 0-22 wow. against the number. Last 22 straight-up conference losses. There you go. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go to the let's go to the NFL now. Uh, talk about some of the marquee games here on Sunday. Ravens and Bills in Buffalo. Part of me, Brandon, really wants to take the home dog in Buffalo plus the five and a half. I just have a hard time betting against Lamar Jackson. Bro, don't be scared. I am. Don't don't be scared of taking Buffalo here. Don't be. I'll tell you why. Eight straight wins for the Ravens. Everything going their way. The energy and effort that game took out of them last week can now go on the road in this environment and play a Buffalo team that is playing their best football of the year right now. Um, I saw some chinks in Lamar's armor against a a Niners defense. Um, I'm telling you. Buffalo 8-0 straight up, 7-1 against the spread at home after facing an NFC team. Sorry, man. Give me Buffalo plus the points. And if Baltimore ain't careful, they're going to lose the game outright. Listen, it's hard to – I don't care what anybody says. It's hard to get up every single week in the NFL. Now, if if you're in that flat spot and you're playing at home, the home crowd can kind of get you going. 
It can kind of get you heading in the right direction to pick you up. But if you're on the road and you're a little zapped energy-wise, and I think San Francisco next game we'll talk about New Orleans is the flip side of that where they're, they're in some trouble down in New Orleans. I, it was like a playoff game. Yeah. Both those teams left so much on the field. Now I ask them to get right back up. I'm sorry. I'm going to take Buffalo plus the points. Well, okay. So let's go to that San Francisco team. This was the last undefeated team in, in the league this year. And now they're a five seed. <laughs> and they're going up against the Saints, and it's an important game for home field advantage, too, in the postseason. This means more for the Saints, I think, because they know how important it is to play in the Dome in the postseason. Yes, yes. So when you when you look at the energy it took in the loss to Baltimore, um, the one thing about the Saints, historically, in this building, when they face teams, winning teams, they get it done. They play up to the level of their competition. When they are facing a team, the win percentage of 800 or above, they're 13-1 and straight up and 14-0 and against the spread at home. Wow. They get up for games like this. Give me New Orleans minus the two and a half. Let's talk about a couple other marquee games here, Brandon. Uh, the Sunday, not a Sunday night game. I thought this would be a Sunday night game when I first saw the schedule, but it's not. It's the Chiefs and the Patriots in Foxborough, and the Pats coming off a loss, and everyone wants to say, well, now they're done. Look at what Brady's done. The offense has been bad this year. The defense is slipping, and this is the end of the Patriots dynasty run. But doesn't this happen every year? Aren't we talking bad about the Patriots every single year, and then they just continue to win. So am I supposed to really believe that this is now the downfall and that they won't cover a three-point line at home against the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I think you can't believe it. Um, I've said all year long their defense has looked great against bad offenses. Um, And when they finally face an offense that could challenge them, a.k.a. Deshaun Watson and Houston, they got punked. In a very big way. They got exposed on Sunday night. Um, they, they couldn't stop Houston. They made stops, but collectively over the course of the game, they couldn't stop them. I don't trust this team right now. I think the run's over. The dynasty's over. And I think the New England Patriots are in trouble. I'm going to take KC by the half point, take them up to three and a half. Uh, I just, I just, I don't believe the Patriots are as good as they're, Eight no start. Let everyone to believe. You know why I, I love buying the hook here because I can see this being a field goal game. The way that the yep. Patriots defense plays, I can see this being a field goal game, and I'll be comfortable with that hook. That's not bad for only ten or twenty cents. See what it is, and you buy that hook. Uh, okay, let's talk about the game that is on Sunday night. The Seahawks, who are I think they're on prime time every single week, right? They're just uh, <laughs> they're just always on prime time. They take on the Rams. Seattle's ten and two. This was a really interesting stat that I saw about the Seahawks. Do you realize that they're the first team in the last 30 years, Brandon, to have 10 wins this early in the year, like at this point of the year, which is week 12, without outscoring opponents by more than a field goal per game? They, real. they have only outscored opponents by three points per game this year. It's unreal. And they're 10-2. Um, 10-2. and, two. Ten and two. My gut tells me the Rams beat them here. My gut the pick tells them line, me which is surprising. At the Ram- I had the Rams plus one and a half when they went up to Seattle and they lost by one. 
and covered, mm-hmm. uh, America cover. Um, I just think at home against this team, Seattle's due for a letdown. They just are. They're, they're 6-0 straight up on the road. You know how hard it is to go 8-0 on the road in the NFL. It's a divisional game against a divisional opponent that, that, that plays them very, very tough. I'm inclined to call for the Rams to get the job done. Not a game I love. And this is a Seattle team that made, that's made me more money than any team in the NFL this year. Yep. Yep. Um, so pound for pound, it's hard for me to go against it. But I wouldn't be surprised if if the Rams bowed up at home and got the win. All right, give me one game on the board now that you're you're looking at that we didn't touch on. I'm going to take Arizona over Pittsburgh. Uh, really? Crazy as that sounds. Yep, as crazy as that sounds. Even um, after what you saw last week? Because it was a divisional opponent that they've struggled with historically. Okay. okay. That means something in the NFL. When, when you have historically struggled against the Rams the way Arizona has, they've lost six in a row to them by an average of 17, 18 points. You throw that game out. This is about Pittsburgh coming off the emotional home win over Cleveland, going all the way out west, afternoon game with an offense that struggles to begin with, and they're still banged up at a couple of key positions. This is the trap, reverse trap, of the double trap, of the quack, quack trap. Um, I think people are sleeping on Zona 14-3 and three straight up, 13-4 and four against the spread, seventh home game of the season, including 7-1 and one straight up and 8-0 against the spread when coming off a loss. My friend, get you some of Arizona plus the points. <laughs> Get you some of Arizona plus the points. All right, I'm going to give you one more that I have circled here. All right? Tell me I'm crazy all you want, but Gardner Minshew back at quarterback for the Jaguars. They're getting three points at home, so it falls into the home dog category. I know it's a 4 o'clock game, so it's not the West Coast team traveling east to play an early game, but it's still a West Coast team traveling all the way east from L.A. to Jacksonville. I like the Jags as the home dog with Gardner Minshew under center against the Chargers. Yeah, I would not trust Philip Crimea Rivers on the road laying more than a field goal against Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, or Utah. So I, I love your pick. Anytime you go against Philip Rivers, <laughs> go against Philip Rivers as a road favorite because he will figure out a way lose the football game brandon well good luck don't eat any uh, bad lobster bisque like aaron did and we'll get back next week and recap uh, the conference championship games and get ready for the college football playoff and bowl season you got it buddy look forward to it and there you have it for brandon lang i'm scott seidenberg be sure to check out brandonlang.com you can hit me up on twitter as well at scott's on air s-c-o-t-t-s-o-n-a-i-r hoped we uh kept you informed and helped you with your picks for this weekend's championship action in college football and the NFL action as well. Once again, sending out some well wishes to our co-host, our third host, Erin Coscarelli. She gets over a little bug that she's been dealing with. She'll be back on the program next weekend. For Brandon Lang and for Erin, I'm Scott Seidenberg, reminding you to subscribe, rate, and review The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from, or simply check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at BLEAV.com. Until next week, good luck.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.